Welcome to the Association Hub podcast, a bite-sized series of weekly inspiration designed to keep curious association professionals inspired. Our topics will cover everything from membership growth to online communities, technology and sponsorship and beyond that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Association Hub podcast. I'm Angela Shelton, and today I've got my wonderful co-host with me, Alina Lima. Alina, how are you today? I'm doing very well, and I'm really looking forward to diving into another episode on AI, and this time AI for member engagement. Oh, me too. This is going to be a really interesting conversation for our listeners. Now, we know AI is transforming so many industries, including our own, and you're so deeply involved in the digital transformation. I know that you've got some interesting perspectives on AI and its role in member engagement. Would you care to share? Look, definitely, AI is changing the way we interact with members and clients, and it's just the beginning. I know that the topic of AI is very popular since the beginning of this year, but AI has been with us for quite a while, from analyzing member behavior and preferences and interactions in email software like MailChimp in order to offer tailored content recommendations, or all the way to the chatbots with predictive analytics. And while you may not have very positive experience with the chatbot in the past, Trust me, they are developing and improving and they are here to stay with us. Oh my gosh, I have to be honest. I love chatbots. You can have a lot of fun with them. But look, it's not just about automating tasks and it's about enhancing the member experience, which is the key to everything that we do. And besides, who wouldn't want a more personalized interaction with their association? Exactly. And personalization is the key. And if you haven't listened to the personalization episode with Eva Roden, please do yourself a favor and listen to it. But AI enables the personalization at scale. And it's like having a personal guide for each member, showing them around your content community based on their interests and needs and offering them the content that's relevant to them. So they engage and not just scroll down. Oh my gosh, so true. And by the way, I loved your interview with Eva. Absolutely amazing. And so many great useful insights into an association. But speaking of communities, we do have a very special treat for our listeners today. I can't wait to hear. So my interview today is with Stephen Myers-Loz. He is the brains behind Tribes, which is the online community platform that the Answers for Associations community runs on. Now, Stephen is literally the go-to expert on using non-generative AI to maximize member engagement. And I'm quite frequently picking his brains for great insights on how to make it even better for our members. Well, it's going to be a very great conversation for our community uh, who are always looking for the way to engage with their members more effectively. Oh my gosh, it really is. But before we jump in, we would like to ask our listeners to rate our podcast on the platform of their choice. It helps us to engage with more audience and get more listeners. If you would like to be a guest and nominate someone for an episode, you can also reach out to us at associationhubpodcast.com.au. And now let's welcome Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Thanks so much for coming on to the Association Hub podcast today. Why don't we kick off by you quickly introducing yourself to our listeners? Thanks, Angela. And hi, everybody. I'm really happy to be here. I'm Stephen Myers-Loss. I'm a technologist and a digital consultant with 20 years in the field. And I'm also the CEO of Tribes, a member engagement platform for associations. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Now, I know 20 minutes is not going to be enough time to completely explore this conversation, but I say let's give it a go. So let's jump straight into it. And maybe if you can let our listeners know, how is non-generative AI shaping the landscape of member engagement in the association industry right now? Yeah, so I thought what I'll do for the listeners is just explain very quickly what I mean by non-generative AI, because I think a lot of us have seen chat GPT and generative AI. And what do I mean by non-generative AI is more behind the scenes. It's about the functions and the things that AI can do that isn't necessarily the member facing the words that they see on a screen or the images that they see. So what can this do? Well, rather than segmenting members ourselves, and I'm sure we all have member segments based on their experience or their tenure or any number of engagement things, imagine letting AI segment it. In fact, imagine if rather than having five, 10, 15 different segments and having to do communication plans for each of those segments, imagine if AI could have a segment for each of your members. So it's what I would call hyper-personalization for them. So a member really gets the experience that they're looking for, as opposed to the best sort of bucket that we can put them in that we feel that they fit into and they get the best experience. So for one bucket, we might send it out on Wednesdays at nine because we know they're professionals and they like looking on Wednesday. What if that AI could then know for this person, for Paul, he wants to see it on a Tuesday, even though he fits into the same bucket as Jenny, but Jenny's better on a Saturday and have the AI choose which way to go. That's what I mean by the non-generative is making those types of decisions for us that make it really hyper-granular how we deal with our members and the value proposition we give to I love that. And I'm I'm hearing you channeling Netflix as we speak. And I love to use Netflix as an example because it's what we know. Now, I know AI is not new, but right now, just trying to get people to understand what that looks and feels like. I love the hyper-personalization. I love being able to go, I am so exhausted, but I really want to sit down and you know, check my emails or look at this and see what my association's got on offer right now. Just having someone make those decisions for you based on your creature habits. Wow. Love that. Exactly, right? Love it, love it. So for those listeners who aren't aware, the Answers for Associations online community is actually running on the Tribes platform. So we've been at the helm of this implementation for a long time, and I've been so blessed to have a lot of these inside conversations between Stephen and I. But Stephen, from your view, what specific benefits can associations reap from using this non-generative AI and how my platforms like Tribes and Answers for Associations facilitate these advantages? Yeah, thanks. I think that's a really good question. You know, this is something that we've been working on for about the last 18 months. It's a lot of planning that needs to go into what that would look like about how we're going to sort of create these hyper-personalized experiences for people, but also make it feel engaging and natural for them. The end goal that we've got is to bridge this gap between sort of the digital and the non-digital. I'm sure we all know that five minutes face-to-face over a coffee is worth unlimited emails back and forth, you know? And I'm <laughs> so suggesting that you could truly bridge that gap. There's always going to be a value to seeing people truly face-to-face. However, the closer we get that, the more people can be engaged in what we're doing and, and feel more value for what they're getting out of their association and their participation about it. So... Practically, like I said before, it can come down to the segmentation. So when you send your communications and how you set them, I think it becomes really powerful when it's 
coupled with generative AI. So it's about the system being able to, yes, target people as an individual and say, Angela really likes to see this on a Wednesday night after the dinner's made. Here's what she wants to read and here's the tone that she wants to read it in and then have it generate that same core message that you've got, but in a tone that's going to speak to her at that time when every, the day's done and you're sitting there to relax, which might be different to your Monday morning tone when you're in sort of your work mode and you're getting ready for it. That's how I really see it being a, a big value to associations is being able to provide better member value and, and really translate that to what the members actually see and feel in their engagement with your association and with their fellow members. Mm, and I'm so excited to see these transform and roll out through the Answers community. So I can say for our listeners, if you're not yet already on the Answers community, jump on and have a play around because we're really working hard with Steve and the Tribes team to make these really hyper-personalized. We know people are exhausted after a big day and we want to make this quick and accessible. So I think we've got lots of exciting things coming up. Why don't we look at what are the common obstacles that associations are facing right now in adopting non-generative AI for member engagement? And what are some tips on how you see them being able to overcome this? Yeah, I think that, you know, when it comes to both non-generative and generative AI, and of course, there's a lot of tools in this space right now in, in generative AI with, with ChatGPT and the whole raft of sort of amazing programs that's come out to help make our days and our lives easier. But it's a really similar ad adoption curve, you know? There is always a technological curve to get over of actually giving people to give it a try and realize that it's not big, bad and scary, you know? It's not stealing your job and taking away your children yet. It, it is actually a really helpful tool, but getting people to use that tool and realize that it's that it's easy, that it's friendly, that it is it help you is a key one. When it comes to associations, it is a lot about how do we overcome that is about having our strategy. We need to know and have our feet firmly placed on the ground about what is our goals, you know, and what are we trying to achieve? And when you have that clear end sight in mind, using tools to make the how are we going to do that a lot easier becomes a lot easier to adopt things that might help you do that. I think the non-generative is going to be key. I've talked about it being in a real practical sense. I think in the short term, and there are some really good tools that do this already about giving you guidance. So rather than actually splitting your segments and sending an individual email like I talked about, perhaps it can just show you what your segments might be and then you choose to implement that or not. And that's a really good way to sort of ease yourself into it and ease your strategy into it and really understand it at a base level what it's doing before. I love that. Mm. You know, I had a chat with Julian Moore last week and his biggest takeaway was stop being scared. Just get in there, just give it a go, make some mistakes, have some fun. I thought, but what if he goes, yeah, and what if? What if you find a really cool tool that helps simplify your day or helps you better communicate with your members? And I thought, you know, that was really good advice. Just jump in there and give it a go. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, but here's the thing, member privacy. How do we look at this in terms of being able to ensure ethical use by the association? And what are some strategies that you would recommend? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. Obviously, this is something that's sort of been explored now for a number of decades. The, the theoretical AI was always something we knew could exist, but now it does. You know? and so people have been thinking about this topic for quite some time about the ethical use. For me, really... When it comes down to it, is it's about the inputs that go into it, you know, and about their personal 
information that AI then uses. So as an example, and the case that I talk about this in relation to is if AI knows when I open my emails, when I log into the platform, what posts I comment on, to me, that's all relatively non-personal data. You know, and that's not about me, Stephen, as the person. That's about the actions that me, member number 17653, took on the platform. As soon as you add in things like gender, ethnicity, any other sort of identifiable information that the AI can use as a bias, then the AI unfortunately will. You know, it's it's another data point that it can do. And so a lot of the responsibility lies on the technology providers and the inputs that they're putting into their AI. I do believe that the, you know, legal frameworks will will understand this concept that what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And so you need to be very specific about what putting into the AI. And that's where I think, you know, when it comes to the use of this as a tool, you don't get any benefit defining people by their gender, you know? It's irrelevant whether people are male or female or anything else when it comes to what they're actually doing on a platform or whether they're going to engage more in that platform or whether they're going to attend an event or not. You know, that uh, doesn't need to be included. And it's more what has that person actually done as a person that matters. And so I do think that Almost every single technological provider out there has this ethical framework in mind that is about what the users are doing as, as, as users as opposed to what they're doing as people. And so we don't need their personal information. We need their user information to drive these AI outcomes. And I think with that sort of framework in mind, it really makes it clear how it can be ethical because it's not using your personal information to drive that. It's using what you actually do and what you actually enjoy with interacting with and as long as you keep doing what you like doing it will get better for you yeah i love that now that's such good tips so i mean we've really spoken about a few ideas on how to create some hyper experiences for members are there any others that you think that we could share with our listeners that would be really useful outside of that hyper personalization of what days does angela want to you know, watch a movie after she's checked her emails. Like, what are some things we can consider around that? Yeah, so I talked a lot about having it segmenting member data. And I think there's a whole lot of different mechanisms which you can use. And like I said, there's some great tools. Adobe Campaign is one right now where you can export your member data, depersonalize it, like I said, and provide that to their AI tool, which will help you with your segmentation. But that's really one small aspect. And that's, you know, related to member communications. Where we're exploring it for more options might be membership juice. You know, when do they pay? We know that typically if I sign up for Netflix on the first of the month, then every month on the first of the month, it will come up too. But what if every single month I end up paying it on the third? Is the system actually going to just change my payment date to be the third? Tell me that one month it's going to, you know, cost an extra dollar more to move it to the third and then do that. That's what I see is like tiny little adjustments to what it does without us really having to care about that you know date from the change from the first to the third being really key i also think when it comes to the language that we use and this is really the power of coupling those two sort of and calling it non-generative is a very broad term but having those that be coupled with generative ai to say maybe i engage more with hearts and love on as my reaction to posts rather than likes to it and having those things slowly change and present me with options and then learn which one I like best. There's a lot of minute interactions that people do that once we can comprehend the scale of data that that is, and as we know, large companies have been collecting that for years. Once we can process that into real terms about what that means for people, I think we'll find that really 
change and make these more hyper-personal. We won't really necessarily, you and I both logging into the answers community in the future, sure, the branding and everything will look the same. There'll be so many tiny subtle differences about what's placed higher on the sidebar for me in my menu options versus your menu options, or even just mine called messages and it's yours called DMs or whatever the little subtle changes are, is the icons filled in or empty or are they colorful or not colorful? So you enjoy what I enjoy. And I think we'll find those little things are very, the niceties that make people feel more heard and listened to, which is what I think real power of it is to deliver. I love that. And I love that we're working towards being able to deliver that from tribes to the answers platform. So let me ask you then, what do you see as the future of non-generative AI, specifically within the association industry, where it's heading and what role do online communities like tribes play? Yeah, look, I really see this as being, I don't ex ever expect a future where association professionals are also technologists and have some fantastic cutting edge technology expertise, you know, that's not a realistic expectation to have. I do think that it's something that's led by the technology providers. I like to think that Tribes is going to be one of those technology providers at the forefront of providing those tools. And I think the future of where that's heading aside from the the hype of personalization of the content for your members to make them more engaged. I think it's going to be a really key tool in the resurgence of purpose for younger generations and associations, what they'll have with them. We already know the nature of work for younger generations is different to older generations. And that's an adaption that associations are going to have to make as more of those younger generations take the workforce and then also age. And Subsequently, in future years, there'll be another young generation that comes along that's completely different to the Gen Zs that we're talking about now. Do we go back to A? Probably. Maybe it's Gen A's and then B's and C's again. But as we move through that, that's what the non-generative AI and generative AI is going to allow associations to do is not just worry about the next five to 10 years and how they cope with the upcoming generations coming through and providing value, but also then how they continue to do that over the coming generations. I think it's really going to give people a sense of purpose in their work in the digital age. And that's a key place that associations can fill for them and the technology providers can assist with that. Mm, I love that. And look, and I think you've already started talking about what are some of those practical advices that you would give to association professionals considering non building non-generative AI into their engagement strategies. You know, is there one very specific takeaway you would like to add to share with our listeners today? I think when it comes down to it, and the future is always, for me, very exciting. There's lots coming up in the future. What we need to do is make sure our feet are firmly planted on the ground. We need to know our strategy on what we're trying to do, and we need to think boldly about what that can be. We can have one person do the power of 100 through these tools. Well, then what could that person actually achieve? So we need to think big about what we're doing, but actually define what that looks like for us in our, in our end state, you know, and, and therefore have our feet on the ground as the technology changes about what are we here for and what are we trying to do? And the tools will come along to help us do that. That's why I love the innovation of technology. It seems like a big, scary word, but it's just not. It's just the future. It's the what if, and everything just flows from there and it naturally just, it comes to fruition. I, I feel like your industry is really about the big thinkers. Yeah. And look, I think there's so many different 
changes that have happened. I understand where people sort of get a bit scared about that or feel like they're putting their toe in the water for it. The ground hasn't changed. Our strategies and what we're trying to achieve, you know, haven't changed and what we're there for. I do think there's a lot of fantastic people out there today providing so much extra help and assistance. As you mentioned, Julia Moore is just one upon one for any listeners that haven't joined the Answers for Associations community and got onto his AI tools and discovery for associations group. I could not right. recommend that more as a place to go and, and see what the differences are, see what the changes are and how these are just tools to help you do your role better. Yeah, I love that. I love the shout out for the Answers community. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> like I said, I knew that 20 minutes was never going to be enough for our chat today, but I just want to say thank you so much for you know, going through these few questions and for our listeners who really do want to deep dive a little bit more, reach out, connect with Stephen, because I know there is so much more that we really could deep dive into, but I really feel like this is a really nice way to open the conversation. So thank you again so much for joining me today. Thank you. Awesome. Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe. And if you'd like to join the conversation, reach out to us at associationhubpodcast.com. You can also find out more at answers.net.au and memberboat.com.au. Until next time, stay curious.